Welcome to another inspirational teaching from Faith Family Church by Senior Pastor Mike DeBenke. For more information about our ministry, visit us on the web at myffc.tv. So that we would have the courage to walk out these times. And when God says, walk with me and you'll be okay, it takes courage to walk with God. We found that out. We've gone for weeks now. We're actually finding a way where we can uh, put our messages on. Well, I know I probably shouldn't say this. My wife's going to be upset at me, but she's not here, so it's okay. Don't tell her. <laughs> anyway, um, we're, gonna, we're working out a way where we can put our messages on, uh, like a, a link on Facebook that takes you directly to the message. And you'll be able to listen to it. Because some of you have asked if you can listen to them or if you can have your friends listen to them. So that is in the process. Should be happening in the next week or so. Um, and the reason I say that is because this series has been going on, and some of you have said, hey, can I get week two? Can I get week three? You can, uh, but not yet. We're getting there. And to say all of that, I'm going to give you a, a this size capsule of where we've been, and then we're going to jump in and finish this thing. Amen? Amen? So we're talking about having courage to walk out the, God, the, the life that God has for you. We believe with all of our heart here at Faith Family Church that God has a plan for your life. You maybe don't know it, but that doesn't mean it's not there. God has a plan and a purpose for you. He didn't make you by accident, and I don't care when mom and dad got together, whether they meant to or not, whether it was a good situation or a bad situation. God's the one that placed you in that little body that was created by mom and dad getting together. Make sense? So you are not your body. You are a spirit that lives on the inside. And that spirit was placed there by God. And that your body is basically your earth suit. When people go to the moon, what do they do? They wear a space suit. When you live on earth, you wear an earth suit. And it's our body. It's our flesh. Amen? So God placed you there. And he placed you there with a purpose and a plan. I know you may think you should have been born 200 years ago. Maybe you think you fancy yourself as a cowboy and you should have a gun on your hip or something. Uh, I don't know. But the truth is God doesn't make mistakes. So if you were born for this time, then you were born for this time. Amen. And God wants to use you in this time. Nobody's wasted. Nobody's like that stuff on the hot dog label where it says there's a little this, a little that, and the rest says filler. You're not filler. I'm going to make a t-shirt. I'm not filler, you know. But you're not. God has a purpose for you. The Bible says in John 10.10 10, that Jesus came. We believe that Jesus was the Son of God, that he was born of a virgin. How does that happen? With God. It's the only way it happens. It hasn't happened since and it didn't happen before. But the, the Spirit of God moved on a virgin. She became pregnant with the Savior of mankind. His name is Jesus. Jesus was born. Now, because he was born without a natural father, he did not have sin. The Bible says that sin is passed down through the Father. So that means that sin, and everybody has sin except for Jesus. This is just a snapshot. So now we have this baby that's born without sin. He grows up to be a man, that whole time he lives a perfect life. He never sins, but then he chooses to die the death of a sinner to pay the price for Pastor Eric's sin. And that's a big deal. If you guys know Pastor Eric, that was a big deal. And we all get a ride on the coattails because ours aren't as bad. <laughs> so he died for all of us, and it's not a matter of us earning it, deserving it, buying it. Uh, you know, working it off. 
anything like that. It's a matter of us realizing, wow, God loved me so much that he sent his son to die for me so that I could be forgiven and be in relationship with him. And when I leave this earth, which we all will, when I leave this earth, I get to go to heaven for eternity with all the people who have accepted Jesus before and with God himself. Does that make sense? So that's what God is doing here. So now Jesus comes and he's, he's living that perfect life. And in John 10, 10, he says that I have come that you might have life and have it to the full. In other words, the responsibility of you being able to live your best life, he took it upon himself. He said, I'm going to make it available to you by what I do. You don't got to pick up the pressure. You, you don't got to worry about the weight of this. He said, I'm going to do something that's going to enable you to live your best life. And that was going to the cross and paying the price for our sin, putting us back into fellowship with God and allowing God to bring everything he has for us and make it available for us in this life. Does that make sense? You guys with me? So it's God's intention for all of us, even in 2020, even with everything that's going on, even with the guy that's president is your guy or not your guy, or the guy who was president was your guy or not your guy. You know, God is not surprised by this stuff. And he still, through Jesus Christ, gave you the opportunity to live your best life. But he wants to show you the way. He says, I'll go before you, you come with me. I'll walk with you, but you got to take the steps that I show you. And if we'll do that, we will walk out our best life. If we choose to be Frank Sinatra and say, no, dude, I'm going to do it my way. And we're just, you know, I'm not going to be held back by some religion. I'm not talking about religion. I'm talking about a real God and you having a real relationship with him. Does that make sense? If we'll choose to do that and we walk with God, we will literally walk out our best life. But it takes courage. And we look through Joshua who was coming up after Moses. Moses was the guy who who stood against Pharaoh. God did all those miracles in Egypt. You've probably seen the, the movie Prince of Egypt or, you know, the Ten Commandments. You, you know, you see what God did with all of this incredible um, moves so that people would see that he was real. And, and Moses led them. Moses grew up in the palace of Pharaoh. He was used to being a person of authority. He was used to people snapping when, you know, too, when he would say, hey, they, yes, sir. But his right hand who was a slave his whole life in Egypt. His name is Joshua. He came out with Moses and he followed Moses. He, he, Moses was his mentor. Moses was his idol. He was like, ah, oh, Moses, you're the guy. When it came time for Moses to die and a new leader to be placed to lead the one to three million Jews, God chose Joshua. And Joshua struggled with it. Some of you maybe got a promotion and you struggle with it. I don't know if I can handle this. Or somebody said, hey, you're up for the job. And, and you, you literally pull back and like, I'm not sure I can handle this. I, you know, I, I think you might have the wrong guy because I've never done anything this big before. And what God is telling you is, just like he was telling Joshua, if you let him lead you, he'll get you through. And you'll be surprised at what he's placed in you that you won't discover unless you walk with him. But as you walk with him, suddenly all these things you didn't know were there, these abilities, these anointings, these these wherewithals, like, you know, suddenly I can, I can face that challenge, which I never imagined. But you do it because you spend time with God in the morning, and you spend time in his word, and he prepares you for your day. Amen. So what God is telling Joshua, and we're going to look at our text scripture, and we're going to go. 
Um, this is for the whole series. Joshua 1 1. It says, After the death of Moses. Sorry. After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, the Lord said to Joshua, son of Nun, and that's not meaning he doesn't matter, that's just, I guess, who his parents were, I don't know. Moses said, Moses, my servant is dead, now then you and all these people. When Joshua heard this, he freaked. Me? Okay, okay, God, me, yeah, me. And all, and all these people? There's millions of them. And they don't have a leader. They don't have anybody saying, follow me. You know, the, the, the challenge with being a leader is, are they going to follow me? I may say, let's go this way, and they may go that way, and I'm going to fail. They could be wrong, but I'm still going to, and all of a sudden, all these thoughts come in about what could happen, what could happen. And God, through these scriptures, is trying to remind Joshua, you need to look to me and not to what could happen. You need to look to me and not what you're insecure about but find your security in me and who I say you are. Amen. Get ready to cross the Jordan. Again, the Jordan was a, it was a, it was a pivotal place. Behind the Jordan was, was uh, slavery and, and defeat. In front of the Jordan was victory and walking out the fullness of God's plan and being the people God created them to be. So, the Jordan River into the land, I'm about to give them to the Israelites. Verse 3, I will give you every place where you set your foot. As I promised, in other words, listen, remember, remember, Joshua, as I promised Moses, your territory will extend from the desert to Lebanon, from the great river, the Euphrates, all the Hittite country, to the Mediterranean Sea in the west. No one will be able to stand against you all the days of your life. You know, there was a short period of time, it was a very short period of time, where I'd won a few fights, and uh, I was feeling pretty tough, and I thought, you know what? I'm not afraid of anybody. And then I got the snot beat out. I mean, I realized that, that, you know what? Maybe I should be afraid of some people and stuff. But God is saying, you follow me, nobody's going to beat the snot out of you. <laughs> Nobody can stand before you. You can be victorious in this thing called life if you walk with me. And that's really what God is trying to say. I got a plan for you. Come on, follow me. Right? No one will be able to stand against you all the days of your life. What a promise. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will never leave you nor forsake you. In other words, there's nothing you can do for me to turn my back on you. You guys hear that, right? That's a big thing. How many of you have messed up? How many of you had somebody get mad at you and say, that's it, I'm done? God's never going to do that. God says, I will never. The word never means never with God. Some people say, oh, no, I'll never. And they're out doing it 10 minutes later. But with God, the word never means never. I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. I'm not going to bail on you. It's you and me. We're going to ride together. This is it. He's trying to encourage Joshua to, to take a hold of this. Um, we go down to verse 9. Be strong and courageous. Why does he got to be strong and courageous? Because God's going to lead you some places where you're going to have to lean on him to be able to get through. Doesn't mean he's forsaking you. It means if you walk with him, he'll get you through. But you're going to have to be strong and courageous to do it. Make sense? Uh, that's 1-6. I'm sorry. Verse 1-7 says, be strong and very courageous. Come on, man. Focus on me. Not on your insecurity. Not on your inability. Focus on me. I am God. And you remember, God is God. He's not some little God that sits in a box or sits on a shelf. He's God, creator of all things. He's almighty. 
Matthew, Matthew. Oh, anyway, I, verse 1, 9, I have not commanded, have I not commanded you, be strong and courageous. So he's, he's constantly reminding him and he's telling us that, you know what, your best life is right in front of you, but it's going to take courage and you're going to have to walk with me. And if you'll use that courage and you'll develop the courage where you can keep going with me, we're going to go places you've never even imagined. And we're going to do things that you never thought you could. And, and it, it's going to be incredible. It's going to be your best life. And Joshua's having to make a decision. Am I going to? Am I not going to? And he does. And great things happen. So we start looking. We realize, well, you know what? You can, have, you can have comfort. Like, man, I'm just not sure about that. Or you can be encouraged. But you can't be at both at the same time. Because it doesn't take courage to pull back and to sit on the couch and to hide. It takes courage to step out and say, I know God told me to do this. I'm going to do it. I know God's with me, so I'm going to go ahead and go and do this. And there's tons of examples in the Bible. But, um, you know, it doesn't take courage to stay in your comfort zone, right? We looked last week at how it takes courage to be exceptional. And God wants every single one of us to be exceptional. He He wants us to be the difference maker. Exceptional means unusual, uncommon, out of the ordinary. We saw through Scripture that we're not supposed to fit in. We're supposed to be transformed and to let our light shine so the world can find God through our example. Does that make sense? These are things. And you know what? It takes, it takes courage. It takes courage to invite your friends to church. It takes courage to let people know that are close to you that you're a Christian, that you value what the Bible says, that you love Jesus. It takes courage, especially in our world, it takes courage. And God is trying to encourage us to do this. So we saw it takes courage to be exceptional. It takes courage to be the person God created you to be. And today... We're going to end the series, but we're going to end it on one that a lot of people struggle with. And I want you just to, to hang with me to the end and, and give it a shot. Don't, don't shut down as soon as I start talking about it, because we're going to go into the Word and we're going to find out that the Bible actually talks about it, okay? So today we're going to start with, it takes courage to be successful. It takes courage to be successful. And see, here's the thing. Some people are uncomfortable with that um, because of the way the world has used it and they've used it to label certain things. They start thinking, oh, success, oh, I see where this is going. You know, I, I, don't, I don't want any part of this. But I want you to know success doesn't mean the same thing to everyone. When you're three years old, success means you don't poop in your pants anymore. That's success. There was a, there was a time, um, I'm a papa, I got two grandkids, I got another one on the way. And uh, very seldom does Papa ever, when they're in diaper age, would Papa ever watch the kids alone. Uh, For good reason, because Papa does not do diapers well. Well, some event came up. I don't know what it was. I think they all played a joke. But anyway, Nicole had to go somewhere. Chris was gone, out of town. Donna had to go do something. My sister Peggy had to go do something. Every female in the world seemed to be busy. And you say, female, is that sexist? No, that's just who I cry for help when I'm in trouble. So, but anyway, um, I'm watching Noah and Kaylee. And she's what? She's two years old? She's two years old. And I'm watching her. And it seems like the minute that Nicole's taillights were out of sight, I smell this horrible smell. And I'm like, Kaylee, did you? And she starts laughing at me. She, she pl- two years old, she plotted this. So some of you heard the story, but it bears repeating because it's Kaylee's success and it was actually my success. So I go, okay, I got to change the diaper. I can't leave her in it. That would be bad poppying. So 
So I, you know, those little tabs, I, and then I prepare myself for the very worst, and it was the absolute worst. How could something so little and beautiful do so much terrible stuff? And uh, so this is my response to those situations. I start gagging uncontrollably, very loud, which she thinks is hilarious. So she's laughing and she's kicking her legs and stuff is, it's just, I don't want you to get too much of a mental picture. But I'm gagging and stuff and, and it was horrible and Noah's over there laughing, trying to get her to laugh more and, you know, just a, just a devastating thing. And I finally get it changed and I swear to God, it's like two minutes, it seems like, maybe, maybe it was ten. But all of a sudden, there's that smell. I'm like, oh my God, I'm hoping it's Noah because he's old enough to just throw in the bathtub. You know, it's not Noah. I go, Kaylee, are you serious? She starts laughing. There's more this time than last time. I mean, she's not big enough to have that much in her. I don't know how, it's like a creative miracle from the devil, you know. So anyway, this time I'm really, bleh, bleh, you know, I just have a terrible time. Literally in the midst of my gagging, her laying there squirming around, this horrible thing, I dial the phone to my sister. I go, Peggy, you got to come over right away. I can't do this. It's just too much. I can't do it. And she, this is her response. I'm sitting next to Donna and Nicole. And they're all out of town or wherever you guys were. And I, I start crying. No, no. I hang up. My mom's in heaven. Why? You know, so. <laughs> so I change her. I get it done. Get her all cleaned up. Think the worst is over. I survive. I swear to God, it's like two minutes. It seems like two minutes. Worse than ever. Oh my gosh, the smell. I think she's making herself do it because she enjoys seeing Papa just in terrible distress. So finally I tell her, I say, Kaylee, you're killing Papa. <laughs> I said, you can't keep pooping in your pants. I can't take it. You got to stop. She said, okay. And she never pooped in her pants again. Here's the point. That was success. That was one of the biggest successes of my life. I wasn't sure I was going to make it. You know, you don't know. I mean, I'm literally trying to change a diaper, and I am gagging, and, and I'm even running to, you know, and, and then coming back with her. Don't move, because when they move, it gets much worse. You know, but let me tell you something. We started celebrating that success, right? From that moment on, when she went like a big girl, everybody clapped. Woo! Yeah, yeah, that's awesome. We celebrated success. Success is different for different people at different stages of their life right? So success isn't necessarily the thing that could be bad. It depends on what you're talking about. Success when you're 12 is having friends who will say they're your friends, having peers that accept you. That's success. For me, success at 16 was getting my driver's license. At 18, a miraculous success was me graduating high school. Swear to God, no lie, all of my teachers lined up to shake my hand. And almost everyone said, you know you're not supposed to be here. Because I was struggling with participating in the school activities. I didn't really go. And I was doing stuff I shouldn't do while I was there. My parents had moved out of state. I was living with friends. And it wasn't really the authoritative influence that my dad was when he was there. So I was doing a lot of things I shouldn't have done. And I was able to somehow pull this off. And my teachers literally celebrated my success by shaking my hand before I went out to receive my diploma. I mean, success is different for different people, right? 
success itself is not a bad word. Some people think it is, but it's not. Success is not about how many cars or houses you have. Success is about being in a place, God says this, I mean, I'm not against people being blessed because I believe that God's plan for each one of us is to have more wealth than we need so that we can help those around us. I believe that he gives us more than we need so we can further the kingdom of God on earth. And, and people say, well, Pastor Mike, are you into that prosperity gospel? I'll say it this way. I don't think there's any other gospel because I believe that God is a God that does good things for people like you and me. I believe the Bible says that he wants us to be blessed so that we can be a blessing. And to me, that is success. Success may be for you that, that, that you're committed to your marriage, even though everybody in your, your family tree ha has gone through divorce and breakup. And at the moment where everything on the inside of you, every instinct and impulse you have says to run, but you choose to stay and to put what needs to be put into that relationship to live it out. That's success. Success to me is when you've battled with addiction or you've battled with pornography or something's had such a hold on you that you felt like you'd never be free and you tap into the freedom that God has for you and you walk with him far enough to see that you can be free, that's success. Amen? So it really, you've got to define what is success for me? What is success for you? I know for Donna and I, marriage was a struggle when we first got married. I had my hands full. Man, it was... It was tough getting her straightened out. No, I'm kidding. I'm not kidding. No, I'm kidding. Anyway, we figured out that God had a plan for marriage. And when we were up to here in disagreements and, and you know, we had both, you know, well, I especially had, had seen divorce and, and, and broken relationships and stuff. So, I, you know, it would have been natural for me to think, oh, just another, just another one in the, you know, the family process. But we discovered that God had something better for us. And we embraced it. And we learned that if we make God's um, standard our final authority and what we both work towards, that we could do this thing called marriage. We could live it out and we could celebrate and we could not only make it through. There's a lot of people in marriage where they're not happy. You ever seen those people? Oh yeah, we've been married for 30 years. <laughs> and then there's those people that have been married for 30, 35 years and they're enjoying it and they want to be together and they celebrate the time they have together. And you know what? That's what Don and I have discovered. I love her. I don't want to be with anybody else. She is still my dream girl and I can't wait to see what tomorrow brings with her. And it doesn't mean we don't have our moments and stuff like that, but we learn in God's word how to apply his word to our situation so that we can walk out that success. Does that make sense? And then another level of success for us is we're passionate about helping other married couples find that same thing. Because you know what? Church, out of church, in church, everybody is struggling with that. And God has shown us some things, so we're passionate about having a place where we can come and show them that there's a better way. And we want to encourage them. And we want to we help them get there. Success means different things to different people. Some people, they don't care about other people's marriages, but they want this to happen. They want that to happen. And when they get there, that's success for them. You understand? So what we don't want to do is we don't want to take this great word, this Bible word, and throw it out because we've seen it misused or, or misapplied and it's got some press, and we think, oh, all they want to talk about is money, and all they want to do is, you know, let's not take the word that God used 
and throw it out just because other people have misused it. Does that make sense? So, you know, in Joshua 1.8, part of our text, it says this. It says, the book of the law shall not depart out of your mouth. In other words, it means you spend time in the word. It means when you talk, you say things you read. You read it, it was deposited into your heart, out of the abundance of the heart, your mouth speaks. When you come up against a situation that's bigger than you, you start saying what God's word said because you want God to show up and help you with that situation. Make sense? That's what that's talking about. But you shall meditate in it day and night. In other words, you think about it. God's way is the way you think about it. God's way is the standard that you set for your life that you may observe to do according to all that's written in it. Listen to this. For then you will make your way prosperous. So yeah, I do believe in prosperity because that's what God said. And then you will have good success. So those are two good Bible words. And I'm not going to throw them out because the world's got a hold of some stuff where any preacher that says God wants you blessed, oh, it's one of those, those crazy prosperity, you know. I'm not going to throw out what God said just because you think somebody else misused it. I'm going to go ahead and embrace God's word for myself. And I'm going to expect it to show up. Why? Because I believe that God wants to bless us. I believe he wants to do good things for his people. So my question today is this. Do you have the courage to be as successful as God wants you to be? Because I guarantee you, God's got something set higher than you've imagined. Do you have the courage to be as successful as you possibly can be? Because God is looking for people who love him. He's looking for people who will honor him and put him first. Because you know when successful people put God first? A whole lot of people get blessed. It doesn't become just about me. It becomes about what does God want to do through me. And, and that's really God's plan. And I guarantee you that God's got more for you than you've walked in so far. And the thing about what we're talking about is sometimes when I talk about success and talk about God has this for you and he wants this for you, some people start pulling back because they're not in a place where they're walking out in this prosperity and this success that the preacher's talking about. So I must not be that good of a Christian. I must not be that good. Let me t shame off of you. And I'll say it again, shame off of you. It's not about you feeling guilty and low. It's about you understanding that God loves you right where you are and he's got more for you. And what he wants you to do is stop embracing that. Don't let the devil throw another thing at you to try to get you to just kind of put your head down, cover up to get through the service and not receive a word from God today. God wants you to stop, look at him, realize he loves you, your past is forgiven, your future is set, but you gotta walk with him. And if you walk with him, he'll get you to a better place. Wherever you are, there is a better place to get to. You may be at the worst place of your life. There's a better place to get to. You might be at the pinnacle. Man, things are going good for me. God still has more for you because he still wants to use you in a greater way. Amen? You with me? So we, we, we don't pick up this shame. We don't pick up this, this, this guilt for maybe I haven't performed the way. A lot of times if kids don't succeed the way they think their parents want them to, it causes a riff in their relationship. They don't want to go in front of their dad because they think their dad doesn't appreciate them or doesn't think they're good enough or they failed. So they, they, they separate. And that's what the devil wants you to do from your heavenly father sometimes. You're either making so much and you lose focus of who's bringing it to you. So it becomes all about you get into the scream of memes. It's all about me, 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 me. I want more houses, want more gold, want more this, want more that. And you forget that God's got you there for a reason.
Or it could be the screaming memes where you're on the other end of the spectrum where I, I just, I just want to, I just want to stay comfortable. I don't want to, I don't want to, I don't want to expect anything. I don't want to get, you know, that's, that's just as much the screaming memes because you're not walking with God. You're so focused on your comfort and your safety, your protection, that you're not believing God's going to get you there if you'll walk with him. Over here, you're so focused on the blessings of God, you're not realizing he wants you to be a blessing. And you're losing track of it. See, God wants us to be successful, but he always wants us to be walking with him so that our, our success is impactful to make the world a better place. To make the world a better place for the people around us, and, and in some cases, the people around the world. Some people have that kind of success, amen? So this, this series has been talking about, you know, courage to walk out the plan of God for our lives. But when you talk about success, it's not about, you know, well, well my way is better than their way, and their way is better than your way, and your way is not as good as my way. And that's not what we're talking about with success. We're talking about people embracing God and the plan he has for them, putting him first, and walking it out. That's really the ultimate success in this life. It's becoming the person you were created to be. Fulfilling the plan that God has for you. The Bible says in Jeremiah that God has a plan for each and every one of us. Success is us walking out that plan. To discover it. It's why we do um, Discovery 301 in our growth track. It's so that you can see that God placed things in you so that you can impact the world around you. And he has a path that he wants you to walk. And when you discover that, that's where you find that sense of purpose in life. You know, the two greatest days it's talked about, the day you're born and the day you find out why. And when you walk with God, you will discover this and you will walk out this level of success that, that you had no idea was going to be so fulfilling and so insightful. You learn to say, not my will, but your will, God. I don't want my way, I want your way. You learn to make God, God in your life, and then you set under him and allow him to direct your path to take you to a place where you're gonna find the highest level of joy, the most sense of accomplishment. You're gonna find the most sense of intimacy with him and the people around you because you're walking out the plan he has for you. Amen. That's success in life, amen? And if we'll do that, and it's not easy, man. I mean, I'm, I'm here to tell you, it's not easy. We get a taste of it every, every January and we do our 21 days of fasting. Man, it's so hard sometimes to, to keep that fast and to say no to something and say, I'm not gonna do it. But it's so empowering once you do it and you accomplish it, you're like, wow, I can do anything. And that's what it's like walking with God. Sometimes you just gotta step back and say, God, I need you to strengthen me. I need you to help me so that I can get through this. Amen. So I want to close with this scripture because I, I believe that God has something better for every single one of us. And I don't know where you are, but I'm open to talk to you and maybe share with you a little bit about what God says in his word to help you see that if, if what's happening in your life right now is destructive, if it's calamity, if it's hurtful, um, it's not God. It's not. And I can help you see that in the word. I can help you see that God's not punishing you for something. God punished Jesus for any sin that you ever did, are doing, or ever will do. That punishment went on Jesus Christ when he hung on the cross. It's not God punishing you. It's the devil lying to you. And yeah, I believe in the devil. He's real. I can show you in scripture. So here's the thing. If we will embrace this and we'll just say, you know what, God? All right, I, I believe. The Bible says that you first have to believe that he is. Got to believe there's a God. I believe that he is, and then you have to believe that he's a rewarder of those who seek him. 
So if you're willing to believe that God is real and you're willing to say, you know what, I'm tired of leading this thing myself. I'm tired of going my own path. I'm literally, and some of you are so entrenched in your, in your religious beliefs that, that you, you don't even realize you're hanging on to stuff that's holding you back. If you will just open up and say, you know what, I'm open to God showing me whatever he wants to show me, you'll be amazed at how free you can get. I'm just, I'm telling you it's the truth. But if, if you will do that and you allow God to be God in your life, he will bless you. He will take you to a better place. I want to end with this, this example and then we're done. In 1 Chronicles 4.10, this is in the Old Testament, this is a guy named Jabez. It says that Jabez, Jabez cried out to, God, to the God of Israel, that's our God, that's our Heavenly Father. Listen to what he said. Oh, that you would bless me. Hmm. Well, he's just talking about being in a better mood. No, because look at the next line. And enlarge my territory. He's talking about f- blessings, physical blessings, being in a better place financially and, and, and emotionally, and that you would enlarge my territory. He's talking to God, let your hand be with me and keep me from harm so that I will be free from pain. Isn't that really a goal for all of our lives? I mean, you know, we, we want to be free from harm and we want to be free from pain. And look what it says, and God granted his request. God wants you to be a success. God wants you to be in a place where he can bless you. He can stop the pain in your life. He, he wants to enlarge your territory. He wants you to have a better life. But you've got to be looking to him. Stop trying to do it yourself. Stop thinking that you deserve it because according to the Bible, you don't. Jesus already took it. You don't got to pay twice. You know, it's been paid for by Jesus. So let Jesus pay for it. Let God come into your life. Let him show you what he has for you, and then learn, and it's a process, but learn to walk with him. And yeah, it's going to take courage, but we've learned how to do that. We've learned how to use that courage to enable us to stay in the will of God and to get through the storms of life and to come out in a place where people can look at us and say, wow, there really is a God. How many of your friends say that, Eric, when they find out you're in ministry now? Some of them never believed there was a God. Did Eric's in ministry? Oh, there's a God. There's got to be a God. <laughs> and he wants to be your God. Amen? This is the end of this teaching. We hope you enjoyed it. To stay connected with our ministry, visit us on the web at myffc.tv or like us on Facebook. Facebook.